We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Spawnauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all on this St. Patrick's Day as you know, we're going to talk about all the NFL free agency stuff that's gone on. It's been absolutely insane. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA and then wrap up with some March Madness. But before we get into all of that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. The weather's nice out right now. It um, is. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing well too. Well, no, I could be doing doing better. I'm watching. I'm looking off to the side here because I've got March Madness, the Iowa versus Richmond game, which I would very much like Iowa to win here on on the uh, right hand corner of my screen here. And currently, Richmond is up three, and I think they're shooting free throws, and that's not good. So there's a minute and a half left. So hoping Iowa can pull it out for my the sake of my bracket, but if not. That's okay, too, because at the end of the day, a good basketball game is a good basketball game, you know? I suppose that's true. Um, my March Madness bracket is absolutely nuts. We'll get into that later. But if you've been following my What If series on Twitter and TikTok, then you might have an idea of where it's going. <laughs> um, but before we get, Matt, I, I, I see you're not going to say as always, nothing to say. I just, just I don't get I don't get the point of the what It's just like an unfunny series. bit that I'm doing. I'm a little. <laughs> what is it? I've never. I can't so, lie. Okay, so, I don't have so no idea. So the first one about. was um. What was the first? Oh, what if Deshaun Watson just sucks? What if he's not good? And I don't I don't give like a reasoning or any. I'm just like, what if? Um, cool. <laughs> and then and then the other one I did. Um, which w- leads into March Madness is um, what if all of the one seeds lose in the first round? That would be then all the 16 seeds would move on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that video and that was pretty much the that yeah. was the gist of the one That's seeds it. would have That's lost. Whole, that is the whole idea behind the what if series. I just asked the question. Know. What if? And, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. But reminder to everyone to, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is St. Patrick's Day, and I'm wearing green, and Matt's wearing green, and Theo is wearing Theo's wearing kind of oh, a wow. yellow, it looks like, um, which is almost green. So, you know, we got like we got like five, six of the way there in my mind. I forgot. Know, like, I forgot. I forgot. I'm not Theo's, Irish Theo's close enough. Anyway. <laughs> so it's okay. You should subscribe to the YouTube anyway, even though Theo Decided not to wear green. All right, well, let's talk about some NFL free agency. I know so much has gone on. It has been just some wild stuff. So many people have said they were going to go somewhere, then decided to go somewhere else. But I think one of the biggest contracts we need to talk about is Von Miller getting $120 million over six years. He'll be 38 when this contract expires. But I think it has to. it's deserved. I, I, I find it hard to... Well, he's not that. seeing the end of this contract. First of all, he is not. Probably not. No, probably like, he's not. not. But but you in terms it? of like you, but the Bills getting this guy for you know 120 million, I think that's, I think that's the contract. I have mixed feelings about it. I understand it, but like at a point, a lot is still a lot. And you look at the Rams, right? And the Rams went and paid, overpaid in a different way with different assets, maybe, but they overpaid for Von Miller. You know, second, third round pick plus 20 million bucks or whatever they had to give them. Um, just for, I mean, eight games, 10 games, 
if that I mean, yeah. maybe 12. So like it worked for them, but with Vaughn, I don't know. He's it's a lot. It's a lot. He still needs to, he needs to you. And for this to be worth it, it can't just be like, we need him for the rest of the season. He needs, he probably needs to be worth it for the next few years or still needs to be an elite, elite edge rusher. And it's, it's, it's tough. I understand the aggressiveness and obviously it's not going to go through six years, but still. Yeah. I think like to view this, I think we need to view this more as a three year deal for them. Like, Chandler Jones, I think, is the other guy that you maybe look at and compare this to who signed three years, 52.5 million with 34 million guaranteed. That's what he got with the Raiders. So three years, 34 million guaranteed there. And if you look at what Vaughn got, you're looking at, let's see, you are looking at in in a in the same kind of range, I think. And that seems fair to me. Um the Bills needed, I think, a, a pass rusher with more juice off the edge. I thought they would sign Chandler Jones. That was my projection for them going into free agency. Yes, they they've spent a lot. I think they've screwed up a little bit, and they've spent too much capital on edge rushers over the past couple of years. Whether that be taking AJ Espinanza in the draft, and then last year doubling up with Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. It's just been and now giving Vaughn this amount of money. It's like the, you it's, can only have so many guys on the field at one time. Right. But, you got, but, when, and, and, but when you think about the Bills' biggest needs, right, it's like where, the, where else are they going to put these assets? Their offensive, offensive line's line. good. Offensive line. Their offensive Anywhere. line's good. Not really. I mean, they lost the, not, the Jaguars game solely because of their offensive I, I, line. Yeah, solely. The Jaguars fair. are rushing four, and it's the Jaguars, and well, they couldn't handle it. And it got better as the year went on, but it did get better as the year went on. But still, a lot of money has and resources have gone into fixing that edge rusher position. And it's good now. I think Rousseau is a really good, good run defender, especially. Um, Hughes still has a little bit left in the tank and is still useful, although he's not great. Jerry Hughes. Uh, and now Von Miller, who is a key part to the to the Super Bowl run, I thought he still was playing well, but still, it's just a lot of effort to to shore up that position and a lot of resources to shore up that position when maybe a couple of those moves didn't need to happen and they could have gone elsewhere. So I don't hate it. Like none of the guys I have right now are are real bendy, like ferocious edge rushers. A lot of them are like big and strong and powerful and can hold up, but they're not like. They don't have like a, a lot of juice, which is why I was mocking them Ojabo and mocking them Chandler Jones. But so I get the need, but it's not like this total slam dunk for them to get them for that much and, and to spend that much on another edge. When I guess I don't know. I just think when I when I look at like the Bills best players, right, it's like Diggs and Allen and Poyer and and uh, um, Josh Allen. Hyde. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, none of these guys are making all like their cap hit for this year isn't going to be all that much. So I, I feel like you're able to go out and, and put together that kind of a that kind of a bill on somebody, yeah. especially someone of the caliber of Vaughn. They'll Sorry, be really I'm good not, next year. And they signed OJ Howard. So, I mean, they had Dawson Knox and yeah, I know I mean. we're, we're Dawson Knox fans here, but <laughs> the bills, the bills with Von Miller is it's a good, it is going to make their team a lot better. They had no pro bowlers last, last year on the defense, even though they had a really good defense, it's kind of a underrated, no name unit there perhaps. So yeah, they, they so do have, have some have a real kind of name. They've now they have a real no, big name. No name defense they will have the best a safety bowler. duo in football. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Which is the ultimate goal. But I think it's not that bad because it's like you do look at what they need to address and you're like, are they in a spot now where they can't fix what they need to fix in the draft? Probably not. Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. They're They'll, fine. They add, add, fine. A, add an offensive lineman or two and then, then you're you're rolling. Yeah. Defense was great last year and you added Vaughn. Congratulations to Von Miller, the first defensive player to ever sign two $100 million contracts. Yeah. And I think he's just, it's he's a player that I think as good as he's been and as good as he like is viewed and he's a Hall of Famer, he's still a little bit underrated all time. People don't maybe think of him in the in the pantheon of like the greatest edge rushers ever, but as far as outside linebackers go, he's the best I've ever seen. So he's 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 a yeah, he's really good. I think this, uh, I mean, it, 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 really, it's hard to think about someone like in the time that we've been watching football that has been as dominant for as long as he has. Vaughn, JJ Watt, and and Aaron Donald. Those are that's like yeah, those that's are it. the big three. <laughs> those are that's the big really three. It. 
But right. Vaughn was not the only guy that signed a big deal. Um, Randy Gregory was gonna was gonna return to Dallas, but instead opted to go to Denver. And Dallas is having a brutal free, like free agency period. There. They're not doing good. They're, They're not doing, doing good to to give away Miller or uh, not Miller Amari Cooper and not being able to re-sign you know Connor Williams or Lyle Collins or they wanted Randy Gregory back but they got cute I guess we don't know exactly what happened and weren't, weren't able then to they were they were him. big after well they they were trying to get Vaughn and I guess they didn't or yeah so they have every, just, apparently yeah Vaughn was. I thought Vaughn won. He was posting like stuff on his Instagram story. I don't know what Vaughn like posted because he was like, "Do you think? <laughs> do you think Denver would give me my old locker back?" So it sounded like he was going to take a discount count to go back to Denver, but then that didn't happen. There's a bunch of things like Vaughn, like people posted on their Instagram story. Like Chandler Jones posted this video of him walking into U.S. Bank Stadium, the Vikings Stadium. Like he was walking through the Vikings Stadium, and all the Vikings fans were like, "Oh my God, why?" <laughs> when you're a free agent. Would else would you post a picture of you like as a Viking, and then he signs yeah. with the Raiders? So it's like <laughs> it I guess you can't no always. Sense. I guess you can't always trust these uh, cryptic uh, Instagram posts. But no, anyway, no. They're just trying um, to throw people off. I, I mean, story. I don't, I don't know. I think the Cowboys are in a pretty bad spot. From what I heard, they had they screwed up with Gregory. It was their fault. Yeah, um, and they just tried to get like word for word too cute. With yeah. however much they were trying, he like took a discount to go back there. So they've pretty much only lost. Now they got to address the offensive line, and and I think they're still fine at receiver. But I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't think I could tell you who the third guy there is. Um, it was I thought they were going to bring back Cedric Wilson. Yeah, and then they end, ended up not bringing back Cedric Wilson. And now you he, know he the defensive line list. needs a lot of work. So it's just I thought that team had a pretty nice all around roster, and now they've gone from that to. They need the they need the hit on some draft picks. Yeah, and it's it's Noah Brown is there is their third oh, wide man. receiver. He played, he played. He had that crazy catch at Oklahoma for Ohio State in like 2017. It's looking like like Tyron Smith is still there, and he played well last year. But he's old and he's been injury prone. So how much can you yes. trust him? Then it's Tyler Biazdez, who's okay at center. Connor McGovern, who's an all right guard. I think you can move on from Connor Williams with Connor McGovern there to take that spot. I think that's all right. Then it's Zach Martin at the other guard spot, who again is a perennial all pro candidate. And that's all right. But then it's Terrence Steele at right tackle, who was just awful two years ago, a little bit better last year, but still as a starting tackle for you. So honestly, the offensive line, if Zach Martin and Tyron Smith can still play at a high level, it's not the worst unit in the world, but still... It's like, one injury away from being it, gross. It's yeah. one and injury it, it's away the worst, from being It's the gross. worst it's been for Dallas in a long time. They've had a good offensive line since as long as I can remember. And I, if Trayvon like, Diggs no, doesn't is, have the season that like the pick numbers that he did last year, it's yeah. they're not closer to winning the Super Bowl now than they were before the offseason. They certainly are. It's hard to think of a team that is like there a lot of teams improve on paper and then don't actually get better. So yeah. when your team gets worse on paper, <laughs> you know you're in trouble. And the Cowboys well, have I gotten mean, significantly worse on paper. How, yeah, yeah if, I don't if, trust if their coach even if still. If you didn't get better, you got worse. That's my mantra. If you didn't get better, you got worse, which I think most people would agree with that. Smith has played 13 games the last two seasons. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. And, and from the Broncos, I like what the Broncos have done in free agency. Obviously, you've got the quarterback now. You've got Russ. Hey. Um and I think DJ Jones was a guy who stood out to me when I was watching um, when I was watching the 49ers. I thought he was he was really active uh, and he was stout and he ended up with a lot of tackles for loss, really stout run defender. And with Gregory and Bradley Chubb coming off the edge, Shelby Harris is more of a of a pass rusher. Um, long arms let him do that and, and bat passes down, more of someone who's gonna affect the game in the in the passing game than the running game. And you don't really need that when you've got those two off the edge. You'd rather have someone more stout. So to get DJ Jones there, I think, is a good move for them. Underrated signing. And then Randy Gregory had a phenomenal, phenomenal year last year. I thought he played at a didn't he I thought he had a Pro Bowl caliber season for when he was when he was healthy. He was hurt for a couple of games, but really a big, big part of one of the best defenses in the league last year was Randy Gregory. So to get him and to have Chubb and DJ Jones, and you still got Sertan, who 
was a lockdown corner in his first year and yeah. uh, Justin Simmons. It's looking good. I like the free agency they're having. They haven't lost anybody big. They've gotten Russ. I still think like first time head coach, first time defensive coordinator, first time offensive coordinator. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot in that division to overcome, to win a Super Bowl. But like, I feel like I've been a little bit too negative on the, on, on them for it's like, like if, if this isn't a good off season, if this isn't like, we're going to be way yeah, better next year have. for the Broncos then what, like what is, what is yeah. so I mean, it's, it's good. It's solid. They'll make the playoffs. I feel pretty confident saying that Richmond just beat Iowa, by the way, that's the biggest upset wow. so far. The spiders. How do you feel about spiders as a team name? I always yeah, think it sounds weird. The I think spiders. it's a little gimmicky. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like uh, like a fake. You know how if you play NCAA 14, they have like the FCS teams that are just generic <laughs> and they all have those stupid names. Like one's like, it, it, they don't even have names, but they have the logos where you're like, that is not like one of them's yeah. like the toxic symbol, like the radioactive symbol. That's how I feel about the spiders. It's like, that's not a real. Which is weird because they should be, they should, there's I'm dumber mascots much. than that. There's a dumber mask, but for some reason, spiders just seems a little weird. You know, it would be a good bug. A good bug mascot would be a grasshopper. I would, I would, I think that's a good mask. Like the grasshoppers. There's there's the spiders. And then in the G League, there's the mad ants. The mad ants. That's a little different. (laughs) It's, and and that's, and that's the thing. It's a G League team. It sounds like a G League team. Maybe anyway, I'm too much on the spiders. Maybe I, maybe I am too. I don't know why. It's the, just it's like I've never spiders is just like such an under. Who was the in, quarterback? Kyle. Oh, Laletta. Laletta. He's in the USFL now. He's in the is United he? States Football hey. League. I think that he is. Is he playing for my Pittsburgh Breakers? He might be. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he said my Pittsburgh Breakers. One well, more edge. We're talking know, about. Yeah, go go ahead, Billy. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, the other team that we really need to hit on, and a team that I thought before they made this move, before they got Chandler Jones, the Raiders were kind of in that bottom tier in free agency. They had not really done anything. They were kind of sitting with the Colts and the Bears in the realm of teams that just weren't doing anything. And then they got, uh, then they got Chandler Jones. But they gave up Yannick know. Ngakwe, and it's like, okay, it's like... <laughs> I think that's cha- a, I think that's an... I think you're willing to... They went from Ngakwe and Hayward to um, Rocky and Asin, my bet, and uh, Chandler Jones, and it's like, dude, every other team in your division is like trying to win the Super Bowl right now currently, and I just, <laughs> I don't know if the Raiders... Like, they're not going to be a bad team. They're going to... They're still going to be good, but it's like... For me to be really ha- like excited about them, I feel like they need to do something even more than this. This is right. this is this is a little underwhelming, and I thought that they were gonna, they had a lot of cap room, and they had the opportunity to go out and get guys and compete in a stacked division. And they, I, ex- I anticipated them to be one of the biggest spenders in free agency, and they just haven't been. And it's like there's a world where maybe they. they still signed Tyron Matthew. There's a world where I thought they were going to sign JC Jackson. And if that happened and maybe they got like a wide receiver, a wide receiver and JC Jackson and Tyron Matthew and draft like someone like Wyatt, Devonte Wyatt in round one, where it's like, okay, you know, this is a really, really, that's a really good, strong odd season for them. But I just don't think they've, they've lived up to that. And it's hard for me to get really excited. I, I don't know. The Raiders are a confusing team. They they brought back Max Crosby, um, which was good. On, on that was good. Extension. Obviously, you had that to was do a that. Good, that was a good thing to do. Um, but then the only other thing they've done is you know basically just swap edge rushers and corners um, for like just a different brand of what they were already yeah. doing. I'm just and, and it's like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not like it's like they they were in a position to go all in and they didn't do it. But it also doesn't really feel like they're tanking or like they're trying to like rebuild or anything. Um, I don't know. I just, I was really pretty perfect to avoid this no man's land in this division. Like, I don't know. Like you're just in a really tough spot with where they're at. And you know, they were a playoff team last year. People forget it. They, they won 10 games and they're, they're a formidable unit, but it's just tough. It's, it's tough in the spot that they were in to be, to win the offseason, if you're the Raiders, they would have had to play everything perfectly, and I just don't think they did play everything perfectly. So it's not like this the, disaster the big thing class. That they, but they really need, they really need a receiver. 
I, yeah. in my, that is that is such a need. I think Brian Edwards. Edwards with with more of a role will do well next year. But I still I mean, Brian, Edward, Brian Edwards was going to break out last year. Brian Renfos. Edwards had had a much improved season last year. He did good, and I know he didn't have a crazy year or nothing. But he had like what like six hundred yards on like he and he he. He did a lot of work with the uh, with the targets he got. I thought. I guess. I guess. Okay. Yeah, they would. They're. I think like they need to shore up the defense in the first round just because of the the quarterbacks in that division. Like, you're just probably not outpacing. Like, I don't know. It's just a silly decision for me to like with Derek Carr to like be like, we're going to try to beat these teams by outscoring them. I think you've got to like really sure up the defense and and try to stop that i don't know or maybe you just can't stop them there's not, just, a look, there's not a lot of answers there's not a lot i look at the afc and i'm like okay bills ravens some team from the afc south all of the teams in your division and then like Bengals, and it's like that's eight teams right there that's yeah. well, seven. Here's the thing. If like, I'm Derek Carr, I, I'm I'm not feeling very safe right now in Vegas. If you why? know where I'd feel a heck of a lot better? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Future Cleveland Browns legend Derek Carr. I've been Before oh, no, we get man. into Baker, I want to talk about the Yannick trade from the Colts perspective one second, which I think was a good trade for them because Yannick is so. making $13 million this year. And I've had my problems with Yannick Ngakwe because I think he's just kind of a speed rushing merchant and he's not really great against the You and the Yannick run. have had your differences. We've had our differences, <laughs> me and Yannick. But like the same deal as like Hassan Reddick, who's making more money than him and Harold Landry, who's making substantially more money than him now. And to get him for $13 million and they were probably parting with Rock Yassine that he probably wasn't in their long-term plans after this year. So to get rid of like... a mid corner for a good edge rusher like a good pass rusher at a at a good price it, to go alongside it'll be a Quiddy. good compliment it'll be a if good Quiddy compliment pay takes for, a step yeah. buckner and Quiddy pay yeah if Quiddy pay takes a step it's buckner you know that, that's not a bad front seven I, or a bad i don't disagree with your take although uh hassan reddick is getting paid more because he's better in my fair <laughs> i mean i, I and reddick actually I, we don't have to hit on it the Reddick deal for the Eagles, very strong. $15 million a year for a guy who's racked up double-digit sacks. I, th- um, I think the Eagles have done a, a pretty good... Two, get, two years Eagles, in a row? Yep. Eagles getting yeah. Reddick? He's, I like that move a lot. I can tell you for a fact that it's not just like a scheme thing. He is legit. He's legit. I mean, he. a lot of fans, a lot of Panthers fans say that he was our best edge rusher last year over Brian Burns. So. Brian Burns. Yeah, um, and he he proved it like last his year on the Cardinals where he had a bunch of sacks. I think he was a little bit on like fraud watch because he, there weren't a lot of pressures, and there was one game where he had like five sacks. So like outside of that game, like the production wasn't quite as good, and he didn't have much of a mark. Like outside of that one game where he just went absolutely bonkers bananas. Like, but like there was a little bit of concern there where it was like, okay, is he le- like, is this real or is this just kind of like a fluky season? How far in that direction can you go before teams just like completely can cons- like, let's say you have a double digit sack season, but it's because you had 10 sacks in one game and then no <laughs> other in the rest of the, the season. That would be worse. I think that would be worse for oh, me. Oh, if, yeah, like you had yeah, one. Be- <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that would be show game. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, <laughs> What, anyway, if you, what if you were to break the sack record, but it's because you had 24 sacks in one game? Oh my God. What <laughs> I if, what if I that, think if you that would sack, be crazy, Bladen. <laughs> that would be crazy. I, think if, I, I don't think it's possible. I think if you had a sack, there's not going to be 24 passing attempts in a game where they're getting sacked literally every single time. You're right. It, it would be impossible. Oh my God. Anyway, if you watch, if you watch, I, wa- I went back and I watched the playoff game between the, the Eagles and the Buccaneers once they signed mm-hmm. uh, Reddick. And I know Josh Sweat is a speed rusher and he was hurt on that game, but like watching Derek Barnett and Ryan Kerrigan off the edge was just slow. It was just like slow, big guys. And it's like, I'm sure when they were watching that, they were like, we need to inject a little bit of Juice. Juice. And And Reddick Reddick brings that, man. That was, I mean, probably the best part of the Panthers all last year was their edge rushing. So I thought for $15 million a year for a guy who's gotten double digit sacks in a row, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty strong. They also let go of Fletcher Cox today, whose pressure numbers have have really plummeted over the last four years. But I think he can still be useful in like a third down role. 
Um, he's mm-hmm. not this horrible player in my opinion, but definitely not super shocking to me considering how he's dropped in production and his cap hit. Uh, it'll be interesting to yeah. see where he lands, but yeah, the Eagles front seven is just a little like bit old. Where? I know exactly where I'd like to see him land. Is it? Are you going to say Cleveland again? I swear to God. I am going to say Cleveland. <laughs> That's a great landing spot. The, they, Cleveland they has other their issues entire interior defensive line. Yeah, they have other issues. Like they tried to trade for Deshaun Watson. The I don't know if it was Watson or the Texans said no, and then Baker was like, "Just trade me." And the Browns were like, mm, "No." Like I think that's so. Fu- that was so funny when I got that notification <laughs> they're just, that they're just like, "No, they're just like, you don't have no. leverage like that, man." Sorry. <laughs> Um, that shit is so funny but you know this opens up a really good opportunity to where like you know if the browns wanted to make a move for future cleveland browns legend Derek carr you know it's there baker wants to go somewhere why not send him to the raiders i don't know can i can i ask you a question blade yeah go for it how many good players are in the browns front seven not many it's it's really it's pretty weak i i mean it's like we brought we brought Miles Garrett Anthony is the Walker. only defensive line starter it's, coming yeah, back. No, no, Miles Garrett's coming back. That's pretty much it on our defensive line. Um, we have Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who I like a lot, and we have Anthony Walker coming back, and I think Jacob Phillips. And Jacob Phillips isn't that good. And Anthony Walker really <laughs> We're already isn't naming that good. players who you don't even think are good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like my, my point well, is okay, that no, like, no, no. I remember. I would. I don't like listen to that much that many podcasts but every once in a while i'll listen to pffs like nfl podcasts and they were talking about anthony walker and they're like he was like he had a breakout season on last last year i'm like in, in what world was that a breakout season i don't know i just he was late to the football every play. i think the browns are always like labeled this team that's like has this stacked roster and i just like in a watson trade if they had to give up multiple guys that roster would be not that good i think let's see i think it's that good. you are a li- it's good i do think like with watson they could be contenders i think amari cooper is a good wide receiver outside of that it's it's a little bit rough but they do still have a really good offensive line and a really good running game and with watson and amari you'd have a really good passing game and you'd have the yeah. opportunity to have a top offense and if you have a top offense you're making the playoffs point blank period yeah. on top of that i do like I do like their cornerback duo potentially of Ward and, and uh, Newsom. It's like it's like a trio. Greedy still Greedy had a breakout year last year. We want to talk about Browns defenders that had a good year last year that no one expected. Greedy Williams. And they're not bad really everywhere, but then it's like if you're trading for Watson, you don't also True. keep everybody on the roster. That's yes. that that would be another part of their problem. And they'd probably have to get rid of Baker and I it would probably cost something to give up that. So Yeah. I don't know. It's the Browns are in a tough spot. They really are. It's the most confusing the Browns have been probably since 2016, 2017. Um, I I don't know. It's not a it's not a mess. That, like Baker's not good, so the fact that not Baker a, wants it's not a mess. The, the fact that confusing. Baker wants to be gone is like not necessarily a bad thing for them. I think I, I do think it's a little funny. It's like he requested a trade, and they said no, but like. I kind of thought it would be like, yeah, you didn't have to ask, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it, because it seems like they had already decided to move on, and then then he requested the trade. And now they don't want to. Yeah, my thing, my take is that if you're a Browns fan, you don't want Watson to go to the Panthers. If he goes to the Saints, Jameis might be available. If he goes to the Falcons, Matt Ryan might be available. I think both those guys would be upgrades. Um, they would be. I guess that's fair. Matt so Ryan's that's, still good, man. Matt Ryan to the Eagles. Matt Ryan to the Browns. Matt Ryan to I thought I liked him to Washington, but I guess that's not happening. So Matt Ryan is still a good quarterback, which is why the, the, the Falcons really confuse me because it's like, man, that offense sucks major ass. <laughs> like, dude, that, yeah. <laughs> I think you said terrible. in the video you were like. They don't have a very good. They have the worst receiving court, dude. They don't have a receiving core. I think is Frank Darby not their number one <laughs> at the moment right now? No, it's uh, Zacchaeus. Oh, Zacchaeus is high on Darby. Right yeah, because uh, Russell Gage I like is gone. Calvin Ridley's like toast. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what why that would be like, and they probably have to give up Terrell because they don't. He's like or Grady Jarrett, who are their only two really good defensive players at this point. So yeah. if they don't have Terrell and they don't have any picks and they don't have any linemen outside of like Chris Lindstrom and they don't have any quarterbacks, it's like wide receivers. It's like, what are we doing here outside of pits? Like literally, what are we doing? 
what are we doing here with Deshaun Watson? It wouldn't be scary just, at all. And dude, it, what are they doing with Matt Ryan? Why, why, why do they feel the need to do this to him? Go trade him for, for a second round <laughs> draft pick or whatever. And then like, I don't know. I don't know. I would keep my pick. I'd trade back and try to like fill some holes because there's a lot of them there. Like I'd trade back from where you are with the number nine spot. You know, Matt Ryan's making an ungodly amount of money. So probably don't trade him and take that dead cap. He's still good. So just like keep him around, try to rebuild the rest of the offense. And then like if the opportunity comes when you can, it makes sense to replace him. Obviously that player probably won't be Deshaun Watson, but I just don't see how that situation would be much different than the Texans. The Texans have as much talent as the, as the, at least they have Brandon cooks, right? At least they have Laramie Tunzel. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams who are kind of like, maybe they should just punt on the next season and you can never do that, but I don't see how the Falcons can get to a competitive point. Their quarterback is 36 years old. If there was a team that was going to say, we're probably not going to be good this year. Let's just do our best to get some young guys in here, see what happens. And then, going to the next offseason with a bunch of money and a really high pick, it would be Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. But the, and Atlanta's the Browns. Been in, yeah. Atlanta's been in this weird spot for a while now. It's what happens it's when like you lose this, the Super It's Bowl. like this almost every year. Losing I the Super guess. Bowl is just... It's like that. Well, it's the thing. It's it's like that for every team every year, man. Every team is probably like a little mid. <laughs> like most, like there's only <laughs> every any given year, there's only like eight Super Bowl. Okay, contenders. but you think about. I want you to think like Atlanta has been exceptionally mid since they lost that Super Bowl. They're not mid. They just suck. They're not <laughs> even mid right now. Um, yeah, they, they've been a bad team. They've been a bad team. They don't have any talent on their defense. But that, that's, that's how that's it's the been ebbs for a while. and flows of it. You know. You're good some years, and then you, you go to Super Bowl run, and then you get bad because you have to be aggressive to, to get there. Yes, but like, I don't know. I feel like they've been bad for a while now. I thought maybe they had a chance if Kyle Trask was the starter in 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 Tampa, <laughs> in, which he's not Tampa. anymore. Uh, <laughs> after our last Tom. podcast, Tom Brady so kindly unretired. Bar- barring any their, crazy quarterback <laughs> competition results, Tom all Brady's their, starting all their again in Tampa. Free agents got re-signed, <laughs> so Tampa's looking pretty strong. In a world where Darnold was the Panthers' starter and a world where, like, the Saints were to lose Jameis, like, then it's like, okay, maybe the Falcons, if they hit the, on their number eight pick and, and make some free agency moves, maybe. But that's just not happening right now. So, can I, I give a know. hot take? Yeah. Sure. Tampa Bay does a better job of working around the cap than the New Orleans Saints, though. Interesting. They have, they have kept a championship level roster together while paying a quarterback big money. This is the third straight year. They basically, or two years in a row, one Super Bowl, and then twice. They have not lost any ground at all. Yeah. The Saints, on the other hand, they start with a whole big bunch of money over the cap, and it's like, oh my God. So when they end up getting under and they only lose a few guys, it's like, oh my God, that's so impressive. And they're not even paying a quarterback anything right now. And they didn't even make the playoffs last year. I think what Tampa's doing is just as good yeah. just without the big scary number at the start of the off season yeah oh uh, well yeah yeah i would agree i'd agree they're doing a great job uh other moves just quickly i think alan robinson to the rams i would i don't know what this means <laughs> like, the Rams. Dude, how many receive <laughs> i would what? guess it means odell is gone right but like, why not, would... the report was that they're also trying to get odell and it's like with odell and and robinson it's like both you guys are going to be behind Van Jefferson and I just don't know if that <laughs> no actually Boy, the, the player is, I thought of first team. like say Odell comes back dude this team spent a second rounder on Tutu Atwell and he's going to be fighting for his life to make the roster what was the point of all that I don't know but they probably didn't think they'd have Odell and Allen Robinson I guess not Cup let's see the Rams Cup is not an X receiver he's in like almost a Y tight end type of role a lot of the times they're an mm-hmm. S in the slot um, Woods is not is also kind of like a, a a guy who they'll insert into the running blocking or, or keep him in the slot. And Odell was their was their ex. He was, and he was the guy who you know if Cooper Cup wasn't open over the middle, they they always had him on the one on one. That was the ex receiver, and he's probably going to be out a substantial chunk of next year. Woods doesn't necessarily always fill that role, and and Van Jefferson does. Jan Jefferson, like when Odell got hurt. You saw Van Jefferson try to take that role, and it, it didn't really work for them in that Super Bowl. And the offense just ground to like a screeching, screeching halt until the final drive when 
when Cooper Cup, they just said, we're throwing it to you no matter what. So I get that they need to upgrade, like even though they have all these wide receivers, um, that X role with Odell Hurt is still like up. It's I know Van Jefferson is like kind of nice, but like for him to be your starter, like in asking him to win one on ones against like number one corners a lot, it's it's not ideal. So Allen Robinson, I think, is a good get for them. And it's not like all these yeah. wide receivers are all filling the exact same role. So I get it. But it's like, what does Odell do when he comes back then? But like, I mean, did, did they not also spend a second on Van Jefferson? They also did, yeah. <laughs> yes, and this team did. is invested, I mean, all the way down to wide receiver six. And I the guess Rams don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> they're clueless, clearly. They're clueless. They will They've never got way win too many good receivers. <laughs> no, but um, I just, you know, I guess they're going to spread the ball around and there's worse things than that. <laughs> yeah, there are. There are. Anyway. It's a weak NFC, man. Everyone's going to the AFC. Everyone is, Vaughn is in the AFC now, and Chandler True. Jones is in the AFC now, and it's I mean, everybody's the NFC, going who, to the AFC. Wilson's in think. the AFC now. Who else is in the AFC? It's a lot. It's a lot of guys players, going to the yeah. AFC. Also, one more thing. Shout out the Jets for signing Uzoma and Tyler Conklin, two underrated tight ends. Their offense is going to be like very dependent on their success i feel like and they just had no tight ends last year so the fact that they are able to like do that now and run through their tight ends which is what they've wanted to do but haven't been able to do is going to be is going to slept on addition they're probably next year's bengals because i don't think they will be next year's bengals because i don't like their quarterback and to be next year's bengals you truly have to have a quarterback that theo ash doesn't like so they probably got the yeah, best he, he has to fail the theo ash vibe check <laughs> like they probably like they could be in position if they were to like draft a really good wide receiver at 10 or, or four to be like a decent roster but i think their quarterback will hold them back which is and aren't, aren't we like mocking them to pick like drake london or something i mocked like them Traylon Burks, but yeah yeah, uh, yeah so any of i like all those guys so <laughs> but you know i figure we can hop into some NBA stuff um, because there has been some recent news going on in the NBA. There have been some players to go on some recent hot streaks in particular, a very special point guard that I think we all know and love who over the last eight games has been shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three and 31 points per game. They are on Fox. It's a hot streak. Yay. It is a hot streak. I, my hot take about this type of stuff <laughs> is that like anytime I see like in the last four, in the last six, in the last eight, in the last ten games, it's just a hot streak. It doesn't really. I'm it looking does, at the Kings. Know, like, I'm looking at the Kings record. Hot. I'm looking L W L L L L W L W. He can't L, do it all himself, L, man. L, what's he? L. <laughs> what's he supposed to do? He can't. He do it. I'm not saying any of it. But it's funny because they went all like they were buyers at the trade deadline to go make a run at like uh, maybe the plans or something. I don't I mean, know what how that many was. games under because the Lakers are like eleven under five hundred. And I'm pretty yeah, sure that are the Kings even like in striking distance of the plan? 20, 21 <laughs> games. Dude, this is, um, I mean, this is the, the 13 seed we're talking about. Yeah. Listen, right. I, kn- so, I know you, I know you hate on the Kings. Which is not hate. It's hate just it. like, this is like, yeah, people the are King slander. It's like, mm, no, I don't I know. I, just, I don't slander see the Jaguars for saying that they're not. I that don't good. see it with, with Sacramento. I look at their team. I'm like, what are they? Do they have like an elite uh, like perimeter creator? Probably yes. not. You know, is their best player like really that c- crazy good compared to other teams? Yes. Not really. Are they great <laughs> defensively? Not really. Is their spacing yes. good? No. Yes. <laughs> what is it with that team? Like I, they get, they have Darren Fox. That's what it is. And really, they should just free Darren Fox at this point. Um, like he needs to go somewhere where he can win. <laughs> Well, they had the opportunity. They were like, do you want to move? Like Fox was a guy that got called calls for at the trade deadline. And they said, no, yeah. um, I assume that means they think that he is a potential superstar that they can well, build around. They're and, right. Yeah. And so I'm sure it's nice for them to see him doing these things because this is the things they expected him from him. And they want him to do this every night and they want him to do this over the course of a full season because that's 
probably what they think of the guy if they didn't move on from him they wanted Halliburton instead is they think that this is a dude that they can really build around he's doing everything that they want him to do right now and they're still losing so I think (laughs) I think that the Sacramento Kings are the Carolina Panthers right because the Panthers they want to like their big thing is like we want to be competitive now we don't anything other than being mediocre let's go let's fight let's go all in every year there's no reason not to do that and then it's like they go all in and you're like what is this team doing this team's trying to be all in win now and they're terrible same thing with Sacramento (laughs) this team is desperately trying to just go all in enough to make the playoffs and it just doesn't they're not even close so yeah I kind of feel the same way about them where it's like the Halliburton trade was just a mistake. Yeah. Looking at some other teams right now, I'm I'm looking at the Timberwolves right now and they're on an absolute tear. They just put up 124 against the Lakers. They just put up 149 against the San Antonio Spurs. That offense, man. Uh, It's been a long time since they've scored less than 110 points in a game. We've got 129, 138, 135, 124, 132, all in the month of March here. So, and they're still, really they're still in the up. plans, dude. The West is brutal. It's scary. It's scary, but like they're, man, they're a seven seed right Them now. Them against the Grizzlies it, would be a great series. It would be a great series. And I think they could win that series as high as I've been on the Grizzlies. Nine and one in their last 10. It's scary. It's scary, scary. And, I, we talked about this a little bit on our NBA live stream on Wednesday, Matt. I'm, I'm really excited to see people, I think, don't realize, or maybe they do realize, but D'Lo is a player that I think is, is kind of reinvented himself into, he's averaging a career high in assists right now. He's a, like you said, he's a defensive leader now. He's not, (laughs) on the Lakers, he was like this kind of like hot shot. I remember like he invented the ice in his veins and he was, he was a really like prolific scorer and that's what he was viewed as. But I think his game is really matured and he's, he's a more mature player now. And you see what, that's unlocked in his offense recently. So I'm really excited to see him. I think you need like talked about it over and over again, the need for like a prolific playmaker at point guard and how useful that is. He can be that now. And that's great for, for him. And it's great for the Timberwolves and obviously catch drop 60. So, well, really I mean, you got a lot of question team. marks with this team though. And the playoffs, I mean, what, what is Anthony Edwards going to do? Which I think I'm not saying that he's been bad or that he's been holding the team back, but if you were to say like, where is this team going to get better from? It's going to be Anthony Edwards taking that next step because I don't feel like he's done it as much as he possibly could have this year. Now he's going to be going, you know, he's what, 20, 21 years old. They're going to yeah. go in the playoffs. He's going to play in a big series. How's he going to play? Carl Anthony Towns has, he's played in one series a long time ago, so I'm not holding it against them. So in that sense, He's never, you know, he's never really been like the alpha in a series. So he's going to have to go do that. Um, yeah. Which is why I think the Grizzlies is a really interesting matchup for them. Because the Grizzlies, I mean, I get that they were in the playoffs just last year. Um, so I guess maybe it is unfair. They're to say. also like, they a very have young any, team. Even though but they're they also very young that. and they're green and they haven't made a run either. And they've got the expectations now as a number two seed that you're a finals contender. So it's I think kind it would be of, very interesting to see that. It's kind play. of the two opposite ends of the spectrum where it's like, the Timberwolves are really behind schedule since they've drafted Carl Anthony Towns. Like, how is this the only the second playoff series they've made with him? Whereas, like, the Grizzlies are the two seed in yeah. Jaws' third year. So, they're yeah. way ahead of schedule. And I'm amazed Cat has stayed in, in Minnesota this long, as long as he has. Because they had, like, two overall picks. In, like, they had Andrew Wiggins, who was supposed to be coming in this like best player in the league potential. Like you were supposed to be the best player in the league. That was Andrew Wiggins. That's Maple Jordan or whatever it was coming in. And Cat was a really good as a rookie and also really hyped prospect. And when you got those two together, that was supposed to be insane. That was supposed to be like, oh my God, this is the team of the future. And it wasn't, 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 and it wasn't for years and years and years and years. And the only time it was, was Jimmy Butler. And then that ended with him, calling the whole team soft and storming out and beating them in a, in a practice with the third strings. And man, most NBA stars are out of that situation. They like ASAP. They are just out of there. Like I'm not dealing with all this if you're a cat, but he has, and he's one of the longest tenured NBA players with their team, probably in the league at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy to think about. It's, it's crazy, to but think it's about. definitely true. Who yeah. would you like 
Me personally, I, I think it's really popular to pick the Timberwolves over the Grizzlies if they play in the series, but I would take I would still take the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies have the best player um, in John Morant, and I think they've got the defense and they do have a little bit more ex- experience. So the, the Timberwolves are really dangerous for them, like really dangerous, and they would be a popular upset pick, and it wouldn't surprise me, but I probably would mm-hmm. still take the take the Grizzlies. But, man, it, it could go either way. That's, that's a really hot Timberwolves team right now, and I'm excited to see them. The other team we should probably talk about is Brooklyn. Um, I know Kyrie recently dropped 60. And I wish he could drop more, KD. man. They got to stop taking these guys out. <laughs> I want to talk about the Mavs. Okay. Watch the Mavs yeah, we have not night. talked about them. We have not talked about them very much at all. I was low on them before the season. I thought Luca, if he didn't like Rick Carlisle, he really wouldn't like Jason Kidd, who has not gotten glowing reviews as a head coach is in his time on the Bucks and was kind of like an overlord and really, really hard. So... I was kind of low, and I thought Luca was kind of their only dude after Porzingis. And that's and that's exactly what their problem has been for a long time, right? It's like Luca can be you can be however good you want to be. If you are the only option on your team, you will not go win playoff series. You won't. You can't do it. It can't like not consistently at least. And that's why. And you've been watching the Mavs Clippers series two years in a row. Luca's great. Where is anybody else? You know, it's like where's the second yeah. option? There's been there's some guys that they've got there. Dinwiddie is maybe not the second option on a championship team, but he is. I think he is a pretty big upgrade from what they had in Porzingis. They crushed that trade. Dinwiddie, since he got traded, has been playing like the Dinwiddie we expected the Wizards to get. And yes. how nervous that would make me for the Wizards aside, considering that a guy leaves their team and instantly gets better. Um, the last night against the Nets, who granted were beat up. This is not yeah. anything to do with the Nets, but you got down to crunch time. Last shot, uh, they Luca gets, uh, you know, they have a pick play, and then and Claxton comes on to to Luca, and then Kevin Durant comes in and doubles him, and it's too late in the shot clock when Luca passes it out to Dinwiddie. So Dinwiddie has to take a, a terrible contested, well, not a terrible shot, obviously, because he made it. But he took it. I don't to take care what anybody shot. says. That's a bad shot. That's, I, don't I don't care, care what, what anyone says. It's a bad shot. But the <laughs> Nets defended in, it perfectly, and they forced the Mavs' second option into a contested shot, and they made it for game. And if you can get stuff like that to happen, if Dinwiddie can play like that, Mavs fans who are like, we can make a serious run in the playoffs are right. They do have a chance to do it. That's what's been missing from the team. I mean, yeah. they've won what? Eight or nine of their last 10? They're balling. They're, They're balling. balling. And, and Dinwiddie was a trade. I think we we laughed it off or we didn't think it was all that important because mm-hmm. Dinwiddie no. was playing so bad on the, on the Wizards. And, you know, they got who? Bertans, who's just a horrible contract for Porzingis, which was a bad contract. So it's like, the money isn't even like this big upgrade, but yeah, to have a bucket because Porzingis is not—he's not a hooper, and they got a—they <laughs> got a hooper in in Dinwiddie, and we didn't. I guess Dinwiddie just has that dog in him, which we didn't uh, account for—that <laughs> ball don't stop mentality, where he can he can actually like create by himself when Luke is off the bench, or when Luke is off, or when Luke is on the bench, and or when Luke is off, or when they force it out of his hands, they actually have someone. And Brunson, I've been talking, I've been singing the praises of Brunson all year, and I think that he's an underrated guard as well. So it's coming together a bit for them more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kid has not sabotaged them yet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that, I, I agree with you, Matt. Like, yeah, they've, they're, I, that was Absolutely. one of the teams I was definitely wrong on before, before the season. There's a lot of teams I was right on, though. Are you concerned about the Bulls at all? They are they're on kind of a downswing um, recently. They're, they're beat up. Yeah. I don't know. We talk a lot about like how good is their best – how good is the Bulls' best player compared to other teams that are contending for a title? It's not uh, that great. It's not that great. And do they, do they have a path to getting like a better best player? No. And it seems – It would be very – It would be very They're difficult. in a very hard spot to be competitive for a, very, a title. Yep, they they're are. They're a very and good team. But you need. I know they're a good team. They beat the Cavs. They have to be a good team. And the Cavs have fallen off a little bit too without Jared Allen recently. And 
all of a sudden in an East that's so close, you can't afford to slip, man. And all of a sudden you're in the plans, right? Like the East is so, so close. And Jared Allen, who knows when he'll be back, but that was a really key piece for them. Clearly. I mean, he was in the all-star game. Obviously an all-star is going to be a, a key piece. So that's a team that was vastly overperforming. All of a sudden they're the six seed with the Raptors knocking on the door and the Nets knocking on the door, like, right below them so all of a sudden the Cavs are in the play-ins yeah i guess they are. so that's uh, dude that's kind of- i'm i would be so the Cavs are beat up and they're currently they have the tiebreaker for the sixth seed but yes. toronto's on a five-game winning streak and then if you're the seventh seed you know who you play in your first playing game like brooklyn yeah or yeah true 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 true. The and it's yeah. just like and then you're playing and this the Cavs have had just an amazing season and you can see how if they don't get healthy quickly, they could just miss the playoffs. It, it's insane. Um, it would bode well for LeBron going there next year if they were to miss would. the playoffs. <laughs> but, but it's also, yeah. I mean, they traded away their unprotected pick to the Pacers for Levert, unless I'm mistaken. So yeah. it yeah. would be tough. I don't think, I, I think that, you know, you need a lot to happen for that, that to be the case. But it's far, far, far from unthinkable. Yeah, that that would be really poor. That would be really bad if they were to do well, miss the playoffs, do well in the lottery, and not have that pick because of Karis LeVert. And man, we talked about it before. The Pacers rebuild; it's in a good spot right now with Halliburton and and that pick, which might may end up being better than they even thought it could ever be. Uh, it with the the Cavs maybe falling off a little bit here. So, yeah, for sure, a lot of interesting movement in the NBA. A lot, a lot of interesting Celtics just. They blew the brakes off the Warriors last night, did they not? Yeah, they did. So, oh, oh, that's the other big thing we got to talk about. Curry, yeah, he is now hurt and may not come back until he's. They're hope they're optimistic that he'll be back for the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is talk for they are in trouble. Yeah, that they that are. is not good. Yeah. And Draymond's been banged up, and he's coming back. Did Draymond play? I know that the that I Steve Kerr had that. So he yes, did. He did play. I'm, yes, he did play. He had eight, three, and two. But know, we've yeah. seen we've seen a Warriors team with like man, Draymond, they are Clay, <laughs> Looney, Porter, Pool. Like oh man, that's a and in this West, which is so great. Like like as we said, you might get the Timberwolves in the first round, or if you fall, you may even get a tougher opponent. It's if I mean I don't know what the timeline is, but right now, if they would get the Nuggets, and if the Nuggets would get Murray back, and Curry is coming back banged up, or if he misses games, they are cooked. That yeah. is going to be incredible. It'll be an incredibly tough series. So that's something to watch. Um, yeah, and they were four and six in their last ten anyway. Post the All Star break, yeah, and Curry, just, Curry has been in a shooting slump. Like as he started as like this MVP candidate, and he has just not been that recently. And dude, and he was run, he was run away for MVP. And people, they if it if it was even close, they would have given it to Curry. They wanted to give it to Curry, and I understand. Like I'm not saying it's some horrible thing. And ever since that three point record, man, it has just not been <laughs> it's just not been that level of play. Yep. Very poetic. Very poetic. Well, I, I think, that. you know, it's with Curry. It's the whole thing is like, well, the gravity. Curry can't have a bad game because it's gravity. And like to an extent, that's not 100% wrong. But it's, uh, at a point, it's like, if you're going to be our best player, you got to make the shots consistently. Yeah. Especially when you get in the playoffs. So I'm worried about Absolutely. the Warriors. Speaking of playoffs, maybe we should get into some March Madness. And speaking of March Madness, maybe we should talk about underdog fantasy. The but fact I thought they were played in. I thought they were a football thing. There's no way. They There's March Madness? There's March Madness for them? There is Yo. no way, Bladen. Wait till you hear this. First of all, they're the fastest growing fantasy app ever. And, you know, with Underdog, you can draft a team in, in just minutes, like a dream team. You know, March Madness is here, and the quickest way to get on the action is with Underdog's Pick'em Game. You know, you can pick the over or the under on two to five different players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Like, imagine you put, you know, $5, you know, and you, you win 100 
I'd, I'd take $5 to win 100 You know, if your bracket's already busted, this is a great way to get back into the tournament. You know, you can use the code STAYHOT, sign up, and get your first deposit doubled. But let's get into March Madness. Gonzaga's going to lose the <laughs> next game. No, what they're, they're cooked. What if all the one seeds lost in the first round? Well, it can't Baylor happen because Baylor won. already won. But Gonzaga. I picked Gonzaga <laughs> to win it all. Why would um, you do that? that you picked the team, you picked, Matt, you picked Matt, the team that never made the final four. You who picked the cares? team that's never made the final four. But well, that's you a can't better say pick. who cares for, for... I can't. Because it's like... It's like this. Notre Dame, at this point, if they're in a big game, you're like, they're just simply not winning because they're simply <laughs> fraudulent because they simply do not play in a conference and get a Mickey Mouse bid every single year, right? That is Gonzaga. And if no. Notre Dame in a playoff game was all of a sudden playing this like Completely different very, thing. very upstart team that like, also didn't have like playoff success you pick against notre dame because you know that they're frauds and the upstart team is the upstart team and it's it's this like with gonzaga they're the one seed every year man they're like the the difference is that gonzaga the only reason why you would consider gonzaga's like last year they did great in the tournament making it to the national title is fantastic it's only bad if you are the number one overall seed and even then it's just because it's Gonzaga. No other team would be considered negative. With Notre Dame, they've not won a BCS Bowl ever. That's a all lot right, different. Right. That's okay. a lot different, you know? It is different, but Gonzaga, like, to have the expectations to win, like, imagine if Duke had zero titles. Like, that would be, haha. I think they have a title, right? Duke's won things before, right? I'm not that, I don't know that much about college basketball. <laughs> You're, all Duke I has know, a- is that Gonzaga never wins the whole the, thing. Gonzaga never wins. They're the they most never win fraudulent. The, even though they have the most like playoff wins in in like <laughs> the last 20 years. So they do win, but they don't win the whole thing. So don't and this year's team is I think worse than last year's Gonzaga team, even though they have Chet Holmgren, who's a big star. And they'll probably end up winning this game. They're they're up by six against a 16 seed, so it would be don't, a massive don't joke, jinx. But, Look, I just look. But they're yeah, they're bad, not my, man. they're not my, they were not my pick to win the whole thing. I had Duke coming out of that, not conference, but like section, whatever you want, that region. region. So I, I had, um, I had Duke coming out of it, but I had Gonzaga going to the elite eight. I don't think that they're like in massive trouble to lose this game, but it's not a great start for them, you know? So that's, it, it, that's my it, They're, they're going to go through the adversity now when the game's by a lot later. I mean, this is a happen. smart strategy by Gonzaga. We've definitely seen like championship teams like not just they don't just blow out their first round first. Yeah, round. no, it's it's so really it's, it's, it's really right, not the end of days. I'm just uh, <laughs> you're just I mean, nervous. If they lose, I would like my bracket not to get busted on a one in sixteen matchup on day one. That would be tough. It would be tough. I've got to rank. I've gotten so many things like wrong already. I my bracket's not busted, obviously, but. In our bracket challenge, we I've got to mm-hmm. be like there's 300 something people in there. I've got to be near the bottom of that. The well, the, the goal right. is I I never look at the goal to like like oh oh, oh I'm gonna go pick which 15 seed is gonna win. It hardly matters. Who cares? Are you a 15 seed isn't gonna go make some run to the elite eight? All your points are in the late rounds. You just want to like the goal is to get like if you can get the national champion right, that's half the battle. It is. And speaking of the late rounds, guys. We don't need to go through everything, but who's your final four? Who's my final four? I really thought about go, putting let me go a 16. Pull it up. I really I think thought I about had, going 16 seeds in the final four. I had Gonzaga. Okay. I have Kentucky. Okay. Okay. I have Houston because I want to be okay, a little that's different. Okay. That's a good sleeper. I think that's a good sleeper. And then I have Kansas. And I don't like to go too crazy with the final four. I, I don't either, although I'm I went, a little I went, bit crazy. I went absolutely off the wall. What did you do? So I had all the 16 seeds winning in the first round. Um, because what if, you know, what if? And then after that, I decided that I was going to bet on teams that had really uh, a lot of points off turnovers, lots of blocks, and lots of what was the other defensive thing. I can't remember what it was. So my... Final four ended up being Memphis, 
um, St. Peter's, <laughs> LSU, and uh, was that is it Seton Hall? Right? Yeah, it's yeah. Seton Hall. Yeah, Seton Hall. We'll see. I'm with you with LSU though. <laughs> <laughs> I have LSU. LSU in my final four. Look, hey, people don't understand this. I. I picked them to go far, and everybody's like, they don't have a coach, Theo. You don't understand. They don't have a coach. No, they you don't do. Understand. It's an interim head coach, even it's better. It's an interim head coach, and you, you don't get it, guys. <laughs> interim head coaches are the most dangerous thing in all secret of sports. Weapon. It's secret a secret. Weapon. I have never seen a team, after firing their head coach, lose their next game. It never happens. Every time a coach gets fired midseason, I don't think it happened with the Jaguars because they were too far gone. But I think they won like the game after that. When 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 they when Urban Meyer just up and left, so but like okay outside of that interim head coaches look at the Raiders, no one had them as a playoff team, even when Gruden got fired and it's like okay there's nobody's there. Guess what? They rally around the nobody. They rally. It's wounded dog. What is it? Wounded tiger theory. When like one person gets hurt, hurt everybody else p- plays harder. Look, when your head coach gets hurt, it's a different energy, man. It is a different energy, and I think they were kind of underseeded as a six seed anyway. We've got a guy, we've got a new. It's like a substitute teacher or something. Like all of a sudden, it's you're playing loose. You're playing with no expectation. You're playing. This coach is willing to maybe like do some things that that the other coach wouldn't be willing to do, and maybe let the players like kind of do what they want to do. And it's a great. There's something about it, man. Something about and, playing on a little bit of house money. There's something about playing on a little bit of house money, and they're a good team playing on house money right now. I am an L. This is definitely gonna. The podcast is gonna come out tomorrow, and the LSU is gonna be out of here or something. But um, <laughs> you kind of going on this speech. They're losing by twenty five. They're losing, and then they just get blown <laughs> up. By it. I don't think so, though. I th- I have LSU in the final four. That's my rousing. Good. That's good my man. rousing speech. Uh, I have who do you, LSU. Who do you in the guys final have four. winning at all? Who do you guys have? But wait, job? my other final four teams. Wait, Tennessee. They won the SEC championship game. Um, so I don't know. I think they're good. They're getting hot at the right time. I, I like Tennessee and LSU. And then I've got Duke. As My logic is it's Coach K's final run, and they're going to be playing hard. They they lost, I know, like some some games to UNC, who's absolutely destroying Marquette as we speak. So UNC might have been team. the cool sleeper final four pick. Yeah, maybe it would would have. I mean, they're blowing Marquette out of the water right now. But anyway, they're getting hot too right now. But I think people were sleeping on Duke a little bit like because they lost and it's Duke and everybody hates them. I think that they're going to be motivated to come out of a – I don't think it's the strongest region, that region that they're in. So I've got Duke coming out of there. Then I've got Baylor, and I've got Tennessee. Then I've got LSU. And then I've got Tennessee versus Baylor in the finals. And i got Tennessee winning, baby. They're getting hot. They're getting hot. They won the SEC, which, and everybody knows, the SEC just means more. So if you win that, uh, <laughs> you're all good. Yes, that's a football thing, but I don't care. I'm a football it's guy true, at too. the end of the day. For years, uh, complete, completely unrelated, but for years and years, people whine and cry about the SEC getting like special treatment because they always have the higher-ranked teams. It's actually because the teams in the SEC in football are better, and that's why they're yes. ranked higher because that's the, the best athletes, conference. The athletes they get... <laughs> Better athletes. Uh, they're the coaches, all, they're better. They're, they're all they're really, really, really good down there, actually. They, they're ranked <laughs> the back South for a reason. actually uh, has really good football players. But yeah, Gonzaga's <laughs> pulling away now. They're up by 12. Tough. So, Breaks my heart. Both, yeah. of, both of my 16 seeds falling apart today. Um, we just I got a bomb that Eli <laughs> Apple is re-signing with the Bengals. We oh. just got a bomb from our, from our producer. Stay, there, so. stay hot, bomb. <laughs> this is going to be reported tomorrow. Anyway, who do you guys have winning the whole thing? And then we'll we'll wrap it up. LSU, baby. Go Tigers. Gonzaga. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> apparently, there's some like debate about whether or not this report is true, but apparently Watson chose Atlanta. What? God, that looks so Ooh. bad for me because Ooh. oh god now the now the podcast is ending but i said they just were in on him uh, as now a, now they're as a saying decoy. he's not made a decision there's been some fake reports but albright was tweeting about it and whatnot um and albright was talking about atlanta no he was talking about how it was fake oh albright's legitimately like i think i think he has got, pretty good inside info i haven't noticed him being like way off base or anything he's not way off base he can be a little bit of a <laughs> of a big ego sometimes and people when he gets things wrong and everybody gets things wrong 
Um, people really like Except take victory high. laps on him. Every, everything we I say comes co- true. He's had some like weird stories sometimes. Like he'll tell like these like st- that I think may not be true. I don't know. I, I have weird thoughts on Albright. Maybe I'll anyway, but I do trust his analysis. I do trust if he's saying it's fake. I do Fair. think that that he is plugged in, I believe, but I could be wrong. Maybe cool. anyway. Yeah, I, no, I, pretty I, much. I agree. By next podcast, we'll probably be discussing Watson just somewhere. Dude, I, I hope. hope so, man. Yeah, like at this point, I'm just tired of it. I didn't want the Browns to get him for non-football reasons. Um, but at this point, I just want it to be over with. So we'll see. I don't know. Otherwise, I think that pretty much wraps things up for us. Uh, unless you guys have anything else. I think I'm all good. All right. Good, because I'm all good. That pretty much wraps things up. As always, tons and tons of content coming away on all platforms. We'll be back Monday to react to what's been going on in March. What'll you know be going on in March Madness at that point? We will probably have Watson news to report on. Don't miss out on all the great content coming away on all platforms. And as always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.